Hello, this is Jenny Nichols, and this is Locals Share Green Action, a podcast where people share their stories about meaningful, planet-friendly work in their local communities. They share their paths of green action and the ways they have applied their own talents, interests, and all types of green projects, jobs, businesses, volunteering, and careers. Their adventures are inspiring and insightful, and how they overcome challenges reveal keys to more successful systems we can use in our own lives and communities. Today on our podcast, I'm speaking with a lady who, with her family, created a homestead where they are supplying their family and community with produce and skin products. I'm speaking with Kara Ann Miller with Stony Rose Homestead in Stone Ridge, New York. Kara and her family started Stony Rose Homestead as a conscious effort to ensure their family was enjoying the healthiest food possible. From a few beehives and chickens, they added no-till farming, and all with the goal of providing delicious food for both family and community using sustainable and earth-friendly methods. From their hives, they harvest raw honey and create beeswax-based skin care products. From their chicken coop, they gather free-range eggs, and from their fields and forest, they harvest pastured chickens, mushrooms, fruits, and vegetables. Welcome to the show, Kara. Thank you. It's so nice to be with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to speak with you and find out more about your path that led you to creating and running a homestead and business. So what planted the seeds for you to want to take some kind of green action initially? From early on, my husband and I were conscious about our food choices But we really were kind of limited to like a patio garden and, you know, a few tomato plants and what we could get at the farmer's market. And when we moved up here into the Hudson Valley after we were done with school and everything, we thought we would go big and we would get two acres of land (laughs) with our house. And it started with uh, the bees and the beehives. And my husband, Dan, got really into that. And from there, starting to understand uh, what was affecting the bees, what in our environment was impacting their growth or, or lack thereof, um, really kind of started the ball rolling. And then around the bees, we fenced in a garden and, and started with tomatoes and peas and things that were fun for the kids. And it it's, it was contagious, really. It, it, was, it was working. It was fun. It was fresh food. The chickens came next. And then it was a snowball, really. You know, we, we started with the garden at the house in 2015. And now just this past winter in February, uh, we bought 38 more acres. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, we're crazy, really. <laughs> That's the short answer. <laughs> I, I'm almost thinking, do we still call that homestead or just yeah. call it a farm? <laughs> yeah, which is why, you know, we really, we think of the, the house where we have the house, you know, our two acres as the homestead. Okay. And then we um, started calling the, the other land, which is separate from the house. It's just a little ways down the road. We call that the farm. So okay. there's... Stony Rose Homestead, and then the farm, (laughs) and it kind of comes together. Wow. Yeah, I mean, two acres is a surprising amount of space if you're, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, it's difficult to compare if you just have a city lot, but that's like a a lot of land. 
When yeah. you started um, like putting in gardens and things like that, how much square footage were you planting initially? Um, we really started with like a 60 foot by 60 foot area. Okay. Um, the house had a, a small lawn and then the rest was wooded. So it took us some time to really clear out an area and think about where we would get the best sun. So the, the land was really raw and we could, we could decide what we wanted to do with it. Nice. And, uh, and so we, we started with that with um, raised beds. We knew early on that we didn't really want to get digging down and Stone Ridge is aptly named. There are plenty <laughs> of stones. <laughs> um, so we kind of worked from the ground up, really. So did you have any particular types of agricultural methods that you were trying yeah. to model your um, farm around or? Um, really in the beginning, it was a lot of experimenting. Uh, with the raised beds at the homestead, we started with compost. We are lucky enough to be around, surrounded by um, a lot of different types of farms. And our next door neighbor is an Angus farm. And uh, so we, we got um, some really good compost to start and that was the base of our beds. We tried a keyhole composting system with our tomatoes. So we had a, uh, a wire structure um, in the center of the bed and that was where we put all of our kitchen scraps and, and um, things from, you know, waste from the chicken coop. And then when the rain, falls down it would filter through and make like a compost tea kind of infusion for for the soil so we started from there and now with the farm having of the 38 acres uh 13 of it was open space um the previous owners left it as a field and mowed it once a year so it it stayed a field but there was, there's deep roots. And so going no-till made the most sense for us because we could take the organic matter that was in the ground and kind of just work up from that instead of fighting the roots and the weed pressure and all those things. Right. So we used culture, which is where you're mounding up and you're using um, wood and, and those kind of things to make like a mound and grow in the mound. Um, nice. Yeah. And then using the forest for, for what it was good for. So growing mushrooms and different things that don't need a lot of sun right in, in the area that's already wooded. Wow. So do you have people helping you now? It's really mainly us. We, uh, you know, <laughs> with the kids out of school with COVID, um, we gained a little workforce, <laughs> a little distracting workforce, but a workforce. Okay. Um, but we do, we're blessed to have friends that have lots of different skills. So we're able to kind of work together. Our community is filled with um, craftsmen and tradespeople. Um, so, you know, before we got a tractor, we were able to borrow a tractor and, um, you know, trade skills. My husband would then go chop wood with that person to kind of make up the time. Nice. So we, we had a, a real community feel. So um, we haven't had to hire anybody in the sense of like putting somebody on the payroll, but a lot of collaboration working together. Nice. So do, are these people that 
that are kind of like in the local community you met them through town or church or school or or their friends that are also doing similar things my husband grew up not too far from here so um a good chunk of them are people that he's known for a good part of his life but we also have some really good friends from church who um are more than willing to come up and lend a hand and we uh there's there's plenty of down wood and and things so people come up and split wood and that's kind of we we have a little swap going on so definitely some people that we've known for quite some time but then also a lot of new friends that we've uh made connections with through church through you know just talking in the community you know you see someone else has chickens and you start chatting and farmers like to chat so (laughs) oh that's great yeah so um so I'm curious you mentioned the type of method at first where you were growing tomatoes is that something because I've seen that in the past it's kind of like stones were circled into almost looks like a wall and then there's it's kind of hollowed out in the center is it something similar to that I think it conceptually it is the stones probably look a lot nicer um I've seen those with permaculture with the the like the herb rings or you'll put perennials in and then the compost in the center this the keyhole is just a very simple wire cylinder so it's it's not always the prettiest to look at but it does the job (laughs) so nice so now how are you selling your produce to the community so we started um this summer having a very simple um, farm stand in front of the homestead Uh, we're on a bit of a main road you know not really the main drag through town but a well-traveled road and so it's a pretty simple stand uh we work on the honor system so there's a cash box out there it's you know screwed into the the little wooden stand but it's there and then we also have a venmo code so people can just kind of swipe with their phone and and pay for what they're taking so it can be rather contactless which people especially this year are enjoying it's simple and easy they can stop and get honey and eggs and some vegetables as they come in for the weekend because we do have some weekend homes and things in the area especially people traveling from new york city so it's good and i and i've made a lot of contact with people too um through that you know people message me later and be like oh your honey was great i've met you know chefs and other you know people that are living in the city that are coming up on the weekends and and it's just it's a cool web to kind of send out into the world you never know who's gonna be driving by at a stand so when you're doing some of your products so like how much of your time would you say is taken with like um, managing your bees and um, the chickens and all those things is it like you're doing pretty much full-time right now It's so interwoven into our family life at this point that I don't know if I could put a timer on it. You know, having chickens at the house, it was, uh, the kids were ready for school, so they would go out and and check and see if there were any eggs yet or take a stroll through. There's, you know, their swing set is out in the yard and I can see them. So I could work in the garden and they could be playing or... you know, with the with the farm, it does mean that we have to head over there. So, you know, I guess you could say I'm on the clock when I leave for there. But 
you know, they have their uh, fort in the woods and there's fairy gardens that they've made and swings and things and, and they're digging in the dirt too. So I wouldn't say that it takes up a lot of my time. I would say that it creates opportunities for time together. They still, <laughs> a year later, get excited to head over to the farm and check and see, uh, you know, for eggs and things like that. And if one of them can't go, they'll be like, oh, say hello to Uno for me. That's the rooster. <laughs> so um, it's just part of our life. Yeah. It's not a clock in, clock out kind of situation. Right. So um, the products that you're making, can you tell me a little bit about that and like what's involved in making it? And Sure. So the, um, the beeswax base product started uh, when we kind of were thinking about well, what are we going to do with the hives besides that we've got the honey and the honey is is a great attraction for people raw local honey but then there's beeswax that comes with it which in and of itself is also really valuable um and i struggled with eczema in college especially when you know i was washing my hands frequently or um you know using water that was treated with chlorine and things like that and my oldest was born prematurely. So she's always had eczema as kind of a, a side effect. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started researching what I could do with the beeswax that would help because lotions that contain alcohol make it worse. It hurts when you put it on your hands um, or, or the eczema. So it started with the first batch and it wasn't intentional to go into business but I knew I had something there and it was working and it was, you know, making a few things and, and sharing with family and friends. And then I had an opportunity to stay home with my third child and it gave me some, you know, some time to experiment further. And I stumbled across the idea of the solid lotion bars. So there's no packaging necessary they're not liquid so you don't have to worry about adding preservatives or other chemicals and it really took off <laughs> and a few months in I was like I think I'm gonna give Etsy a try like let me see what what other markets I can reach um and I started going to craft fairs and it was really well received so you know the the trick with agriculture and business and all that is that there are regulations. And so with the farm products, with the chicken, with the eggs, with the vegetables, we do have to sell them directly from the farm. But the beeswax and the skincare, because it's a cosmetic, it's considered cosmetic, I can sell that online and I can ship that and you know essentially sell across state lines. So Etsy was a good opportunity to reach a bigger market with that specific product. Great. Um, so, and it it's, makes it easier on me as, as a small business that I'm not, I don't have to worry about the advertising and having a website and all of those things. So that's been good. Um, so you don't have a website that you're selling through for the lotion bars? For the lotion bars, I had uh, a website set up, um, but with juggling the farm and everything, I decided that my efforts and my time was best focused on, on those 
those aspects and then to just let Etsy do its thing (laughs) and let it be established. So for the lotion bars and the whipped body butters and lip balms, those are available online through Etsy. Um, But they're also out on the farm stand and things like that. So, okay. So it's pretty user-friendly when you're selling things on Etsy. It is. Yeah. Nice. So, and so like promoting what you're doing, do you using like social media or things that you found that are helpful to kind of get the word out? Yeah, as far as promoting the farm and and making people aware of the methods that we're using and what's available on Facebook and Instagram have been very valuable. Just, you know, posting the daily list uh, on the weekend of what's available at the farm stand draws people's attention and reminds them to stop by or for the, you know, the the eggs and things over the winter when I want the farm stand out, letting people know that they're available through social media is great. And then also we have, um, we have the hip camp camps sites at the farm too. And that promoting that through social media has been really great because that draws campers in and we have three different campsites set up on the fallow fields. Nice. So it's a great use for the fields when we're not using them, when we're letting them lie fallow for, for a year or two. So rotate those around. Yeah. That's a really creative idea. Did you like have other people in the area done that type of thing or did you come up with that or? Um, We had gone apple picking. It's a very New York thing to do is to go apple picking in the fall. Um, We had gone apple picking at a local orchard and I had seen their signs that they had set up to direct campers to specific areas and I was like, what? I'm just going to look into that. Like, let me see, you know, what the requirements are because we, um, the farm is off grid. So I wasn't sure that we would even have necessarily what campers were looking for because you can't plug your RV in and right. you can't just plug your hose in. Sure. Um, but because we have the acreage that we do, the platform hip camp that, that we go through, was more than willing to allow us to set up sites and just, you know, we let the campers know that it's off grid and the campers that are come are looking for that. They're looking for the privacy and the experience, experience being on a working farm and hearing the rooster crow in the morning and all that. So that's, yeah, well, that's a great way to kind of diversify. To, uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's that it fits in that whole uh, agro-tourism niche that, that a lot of farms are finding themselves um, delving into because the more people that are at the farm and learning about farms and seeing where their food is coming from, the more they want to then go and buy at farmers markets or find locally sourced ingredients, even when they're they're not at your farm or they've gone home. Um, so it's a it's a boost for everybody, really. Nice. So do people participate in the farm at all that are camping there, or they just kind of want to hang out in the area? We don't like market it necessarily as like working on the farm, <laughs> um, but they uh, they definitely are enjoying seeing the chickens and you know they're comical, they're funny little birds and they're jumping about and doing their thing. And I think the the thing that people find the most enjoyable is when they buy the eggs or the other produce and they're they're making their meal with it and they literally can see where those ingredients came from. So one of the big, the big hits is I make up a breakfast basket with eggs, a fresh homemade loaf of bread, some of our produce and a, and a little jar of our honey. 
And so they're making breakfast over the open fire, wow. hearing the chickens, seeing seeing the plants growing. So that's that's been a real hit. And uh, if they take that with them, that feeling, that enjoyment, and then they head out to a farmer's market in their town and make those connections, then it's invaluable, really. Excellent, excellent. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it is, it is. So what might be some of the challenges that you've faced um, I would imagine just that you're super busy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, But maybe some of the other challenges, just taking on what you've taken on. Yeah, I mean, we we really are learning. Neither my husband nor I or any of our family members uh, were farmers (laughs) prior to this. Um, So it's it's a one day at a time kind of thing. You know, with the flock that we first had at the homestead of chickens, we really got our feet wet. We learned what chickens like. We learned what they don't like. We tried out all sorts of things. We mixed different food combinations for them. So it was, it was a really nice step into, and also very addicting. Um, chickens <laughs> are fun to have. And so, you know, the first flock of eight, you just want more. And then it's, okay, well, can we find ones that have blue eggs that lay blue eggs or green eggs? Um, so we really learned from what we were doing at the homestead and brought that to the farm. So nice. the coop is bigger. There's room for me to stand in there. You know, the we positioned the roofs better to catch the solar, to heat, to turn the solar light on. And we also really perfected the rainwater collection system. So we've got, you know, the, the corrugated roof with the gutters to collect the water. So we're, we're off grid at the farm. We're not hauling water over to them. They're, they're, you know, part of the system instead of being placed, you know, into the system. So we really, we learned a lot (laughs) and, and you fail when you're, when you're learning something. So we had a coyote attack and, and we went a few weeks without and all of those things and I learned how to you know fix a battery on the tractor and and hook everything back up so we we're learning by doing definitely excellent yeah so what are maybe some of the ways that you and others are enjoying the rewards of your work well for us and I grew up in you wouldn't you wouldn't know it by my red hair but I grew up with a very Italian grandmother and and food is love, right? So um, tomato sauce was probably one of the first things I ever canned, right? When tomatoes are a classic thing to grow. So just being able to share that, that work, that, you know, that seed that you put into the ground produced, you know, this giant bushel of tomatoes, which you turned into sauce or sliced and put on, you know, a burger. So just sharing that brings my husband and I, and even the kids, such joy, you know. That's great. Just, you know, selling our chickens and talking about how you could cook them. And these are your options for sides. Like, this is what we have at the farm stand this week. So you could do this or you could do that. Like, it just, it's, it's so filling to us and to our hearts and our community it's just, it's so enjoyable. Like even, even, I don't even have to eat the chicken, just selling it to somebody else and seeing what they did with it <laughs> makes me happy. So just spreading that really nice. and encouraging people. 
Nice. So if your ideas and your experience and your wisdom were all wrapped up in seeds of potential action for you to give to others, what advice would you give to someone who is also considering this in maybe their local area? Yeah, it's it's only as hard as you make it. So if you if you're interested in this and you want to start but you're hesitant, plant a few tomato plants or some um, snap peas or you know, get two or three chickens. And once you start doing that, then you'll start composting. You'll start, um, you know, saving your kitchen scraps instead of putting them into the garbage. And it really, you'll grow from there. You'll, there'll be such enjoyment that comes out of that, that you've started small, but you're going to want to grow. You're going to eventually, you know, want to have enough chickens that you can have fresh eggs every morning or, grow enough tomatoes that you can uh, start learning how to can them yourself or, you know, share the joy of sharing a salad that you grew even in your window box. It, it's, it's infectious. It, it will grow. And then you'll, you'll really start to want to dig deeper into it and learn more. So it's as with anything in life, if you start small and you're enjoying it and, and, you know, it's not, so challenging that it's overwhelming, but you know, you're taking baby steps, it'll, it'll be okay. And you'll, you'll get into it and you'll start enjoying it and you'll go from there. Nice. And if it's not for you, then you tried it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. So what resource would you like to recommend? Maybe a book or website or film that's been particularly helpful or informative for you. We have been really influenced by there's an organization called homesteaders of america and they meet yearly um this year it was online but it's a huge conglomeration of some very wise people that have done this all long before we ever started and they vary in age and region and style of farming or growing or homesteading. And so all of those people together are such a huge resource and they have, you know, they have social media, they have a website, um, and many of them then have their own um, books and blogs and things that they have put out. Joel Salatin of Polyface Farms was very influential to us as we were starting out with his methods and his ideas and, and his really just go and start it and try it. And, and if you fail, you fail, but if you don't, then you've succeeded um, kind of method. And I read his book, one of his books, he's got many, but it's called Folks, This Ain't Normal. And it's all about the, the food supply chain and where our food is coming from and all of the, the hoops that farmers in particular have to jump through. And reading it prior to the pandemic starting and then watching the food supply chain start to crumble was a really good (laughs) insight. Like I understood so many of the different um, steps that your food really has to go through in order to go from that huge giant factory farm to get to the shelf at your grocery store. Yeah. And uh, having that understanding and, and seeing as as the epidemic, the pandemic was getting worse and we're seeing those supply chains break down. It really had a lot of understanding of why. And it, it, uh, 
it spurred us really to make sure that we were planting as much as possible. And so any of those, any of those Homesteaders of America folks are, are great resources and they all have like YouTube channels and things like that mm-hmm. to access the information. So do you have any things that you'd like to share with our listeners that are coming up or um, maybe the name of your Etsy shop? So the Etsy shop, if you're, if you're looking for me, it's Stony Rose Homestead. And you'll see our black and white logo with the rose on it. Locally to us, there's some, you know, different things rolling. We, uh, we just launched our chicken orders for 2021. So if you're in the Hudson Valley of New York, we're taking orders for our pasture-raised chicken, roaster chickens. And if you're checking out the Etsy shop, you'll see some new scents starting to come up. Um, we kind of got through the Christmas rush now, the holiday rush. Um, so there'll be some new products and different gift sets and stuff going up for Valentine's Day. Nice. Um, so yeah, you could check out Stony Rose Homestead on Etsy, or if you find us on Facebook or Instagram, all our links are, are in our bio there. So that's that's probably the, the most concise way to find all of our goings on, if you will. Nice. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share all of this with us. Of course. It really, it's a joy, really, sharing all this and talking about it, you know, and, and hopefully giving some inspiration to other people who are, are thinking about it or starting to dip their toes in the water. Thanks for joining us for Local Share Green Action. Until next time, let's all use our unique talents and abilities and take meaningful green local action that benefits the planet and people.